This week on American Reel, we bring you Alan Thong, the Asian Iceman who climbs the highest mountains in Malaysia and then submerges himself into the deepest waters of the Arctic, where he finds peace and serenity in the cold. Alan and I talk about the importance of breathing. We actually practice and exercise. We talk about movement and, and the purpose of movement and mindfulness. I think you'll find a lot of gold in this episode as we did a Zoom call for the first time on American Reel where Alan was in Malaysia and I'm here in New York. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. You need to grow your consciousness, right? Because we simply cannot manage something we do not know exists. With all this back and forth running here and there, my perceptions about what truly shapes us as a human being gets, uh, gets really um, specific as I go along. You look at plants, they will grow, they will start to get taller, and it is our nature to grow. If we do not grow, it means that we are regressing for sure. Important, but it's very important that you have to pair it up with the, some part of like what I call it spiritual practice. So there are two extremes. <laughs> but, but what I see is that both exist, both are real, right? If you just have faith and you just flow, and you don't focus so much on self-discovery and self-improvement, and your improvement will be not much. You will, you will grow, of course, you will, you have faith and you're still progressing, you will grow slowly. But if you try to do both at the same time, that's when you are very, very powerful and very stable. I was reborn in the Arctic, 
People call me the Asian Ice Man. The cold falls of nature bring us back to the primitive self. And cold, which covers strength, health, and happiness. Breathe, breathe deeply. Breathing is the foundation of life. It guides us to connect deeply to our inner self. It is not about genetics, not the age, not the gender, and not the race. It is about our belief. Hack away those that make you weak. Build and nurture what strengthens you. Gratitude makes us feel alive. Then I owe it to the Mother Earth and with love, we rise beyond the negativity. We are balanced, and we are in the night. This is American Real. I am Roger Brooks. My guest today is Alan Fong, also known as the Asian Iceman. You are a movement master and storyteller and have developed methods to adapt to the cold, including climbing more than 13,000 feet up the highest mountain in Southeast Asia in only shorts and a t-shirt. You then went on to swim in the Arctic Sea uh, for more than 20 minutes. You are the world record holder for doing 90 degree push-ups on your fists. Yeah. <laughs> your method enables you to control your body temperature and immune system. And as you say, can be learned by anyone at any age. Yeah. Your goals are to debunk myths created by mankind where you live to move humanity forward with beliefs that serve us better. You are a Wim Hof Method instructor and have discovered serenity in the cold where you have found health, strength, and happiness. Alan, welcome. Um, thank you for inviting me, yes. Well, I have been really looking forward to this interview for some time, and I have to tell you, this is the first interview I've done virtually because typically right. I'm sitting in this chair. Uh, okay right across from me uh, yes. but you are in Malaysia and I <laughs> oh yes uh, thank you so much for for being part of our show sure sure absolutely my pleasure so look you are known as the Asian Iceman but I believe there's much more to you than than that and um, you know we'll get to those things that I think are really important under the surface um, yeah. but let's start there let's start with the cold with the ice um, you know, when people actually told you that you, you could not do this, that you could not adapt to it, but you went on, you persisted, uh, to the point where you say you found peace within the cold. Um, take us on your journey, uh, with your connection to Wim Hof, uh, the Iceman, and how did this all begin? Uh, well, I think it began with my physical, uh, practice first, uh, then it went on more to, to, to discovering these methods which we can take over our mental processes in a much higher level. That, that you know, that, that I, don't, I didn't think it was possible because I was very afraid of cold and, and looking a man that does something like completely opposite of what I was told is really mind-blowing. So that really triggered me to find out more. So as I went on and researched, uh, further, I found that wow, they just not like hocus pocus kind of thing. They it came with scientific evidence. So then I know I had to take actions and go 
go deep into it. Yeah. So tell us about Wim Hof. How, do you have a connection to him? How, how is your uh, relationship there? <laughs> okay. Uh, it all began now uh, the world is getting connected globally. So so basically we connected with each other. I believe it was like more on the internet. So I noticed him and I, I, I look up to him on the internet and then we actually had some basic conversations about, you know, like to get some more content about how this uh, whole thing is all about. So um, then I began trying it myself first. Of course, there was no one at all doing it here in Malaysia. So I get the, get the tops of eyes of water, you know, uh, it was about seven, eight Celsius. Then I actually went in and just to give you a try. It was so difficult in the beginning. Yes. What, were, what were some of the things you were doing? Uh, well, uh, apart from that, I, I think the origin that, that how you uh, led me to doing this is because uh, it's all started with health, right? I, I, I used to be a person who was very extreme in, in physical uh, practices. As, as you, uh, you mentioned, uh, I had a record in 90 degree push-up on fist. So that was what I practiced for, uh, well, I think, about three, four years in full dedication just to reach that goal. So I, I believe that all of us humans have really great capacity to go beyond what is perceived to be like normal, the standard, right? So, so, so I practice very diligently Then I managed to have a breakthrough and I see, oh, wow, this is possible physically. So, and I went on and on, but then I also, there was a lot of changes happening. I from very normal and going to pretty extreme. When I'm at a very extreme ground, actually I, I injured myself because the training was very intense. I injured my shoulder, injured my back. So it then triggered me from the top saying that, well, you have to look at the basics, the foundation. So that it triggered me from, from walking on my hands a lot to actually training how to uh, train based on your biological structure, which is your posture, your, 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 your anatomy. So that is what I dwell into after that. I see. And yeah. um, you, did you ever meet Wim or did you connect with him on the internet, you said, and, and did you ever meet him in person? Oh, well, well, I did after, after, before I even met him because, because for me, I, I, I'm not a person that likes to travel. I, I don't travel. No. <laughs> so, so, um, but then I, I had to have a very solid reasons to actually travel all the way there in Maryland to meet him up. So, so I did some experiment myself. I trained myself first. Okay. With the breathing and everything. I, I was communicating with him then, then I, Sign up myself in climbing the, uh, the mountain in, in Malaysia. It's called Mount Kinabalu, the mountain that you mentioned, uh, above like 13,000 feet above the sea level. So I say, I want to, because that's the coldest place in Malaysia basically. And it's very high in humidity. It's 100% because it's raining. <laughs> so so I, I say, I want to see if I could climb to the peak in the midnight. If I could, if this is possible, you know, it means that it's not because of genetics. It's, it's not because that we are Asian, we're living in a tropical country for, for, for hundreds of years because of our ancestors and, and then we, do, we cannot adapt to the cold. So I want to debunk that. So I subjected myself to that extreme to climb all the way up to the, to the Mount Kinabalu. And there was a lot of amazing uh, discovery which, which I encountered such as that I could at one point, which I was almost reaching the peak. Uh, it was so cold, it was raining for hours, you know, it takes away your heat so quickly that I thought it would. I didn't expect it to rain. I thought it would be a nice weather because it's, it's going to be cold anyway. In Malaysia, the humidity is high. 
but the rain was totally out of expectations, but it came. So I see it as a sign, it's a challenge. Yeah, I just took it. Challenge. Yeah, yeah. So I was already halfway. I say, might as well just just do it, you know. So uh, everyone thought that I'm like crazy, you know. I would kill myself because no one did that. Not not even the 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 guide there, the mountain guides, with the professional been climbing for years or decades. They know that no, this is not something that people no one has done before, and it could take your life. So yeah, but. You, <laughs> it just went on, you know. Uh, the, the, the mission was very, very clear to see whether these works or it doesn't. So, when it's almost reaching the peak, uh, it was so cold, and I was not a person who climbed a lot too, basically. I just trained myself in the cold. And because of you, training with the cold, it strengthened your mental power so much, your concentrations. I was able to climb all the way up. But uh, of course, physically, you need to have that uh, endurance to be able to climb for hours. But I was not prepared for it, basically. But uh, then the cramp in my legs started to come in my, in my calf area, in my legs. It started to feel cramp on one, one of my legs. I'm like, okay, I still have another leg. I still can get myself up, you know, slowly up there. But after a few steps, then my, the other legs, both my legs are both in cramp. Was like what to do and I, I recall that oh well if we do the method the breathing method with heart methods we're able to tap into our autonomic nervous system we can control a lot of things that we do not I mean scientifically in the past of course now it's been proven right that we cannot control it but I, I, I focus and I breathe deeply and I focus that the cramp go away go away go away and literally after about 10 20 seconds the cram was ease off majorly. It's like okay, and I can continue my climb. Was like you know, I, I never thought that was possible because when, when you have cram, you either just lie down and then you stretch and you, you couldn't sure. you cannot just you cannot just breathe, breathe it away. Yeah, yeah. You just I just breathe, you just breathe it away. Like when was, you just breathe it away and I breathe it, I breathe it away. So it works so and that was a success and I everyone thought I would kill myself, I would get sick when I come down. But when I come down, I feel so fresh because we climb at the midnight. So we have to wait uh, up at 2 o'clock and we have to climb all the way up there until about 5, 6 o'clock and then we come back down. So when I came down, I didn't feel like sleeping at all. I was full of energy. But everyone, of course, they wake up at the midnight and they, they all go to sleep. It was like mind-blowing to me. Wow. <laughs> Oh, so yes, it yes. took you how it took you what five or six hours to to do the climb? Uh, there was basically two parts. The first part is that you, you start from the bottom and then you reach to the middle point. It was about in average about four to five hours because I I basically did some recording. I like to do recording to as a proof and an evidence to show people. So I did lots of recording process. So it took me about five hours, including the recording. And then when I reached the middle point, then basically we rest for like uh, one night. And then we wake up in the midnight and then we climb to the very top, which is the place that the, the, that's the time when it was super cold because there was no sun. It was the coldest time. Sure. Yes. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, and then now take us back down the hill. So, or down the mountain. What, uh, how long did that take to go down? And is that when you went into the Arctic waters? Sorry. Sorry again. Uh, is that when you went into the Arctic waters when you came down the mountain? Yeah. No, no, that was a different, the, the war is a different experience. Yes, a different experience. That's in, in Malaysia. So what, once that was completed, I said, okay, I, I needed to meet this man with half, so I, I needed to find out more. So I, I 
for my flight and everything. And this is my first adventure ever. So I went to uh, to meet him up in in Sroo in Netherlands, where, where he's based. So we, we did some training over there. So for me to learn further about the science of the methods itself. That's that's the time when I first uh, met him in person. He is a fun man. This <laughs> is lots of fun. <laughs> Good energy. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Then, then after that, uh, after meeting him, we I was in his place. I think it was about four days, four days, uh, and then I at the same time I, I told myself since I'm in Europe, it was my first time in Europe. I say why not? I plan something right away, not too far away since I'm there. So I plan somewhere above Norway. It's called Svalbard. Svalbard is uh, is the highest one of the highest places where there are people who still stay there and, and I say I want to go there and I research about place, you know, polar bears in and stuff like that. So I say I want to go there and do some some records or some, some something crazy there to, to prove. And I like I told people I say, wow, now genetically it's not a problem anymore. We could do it now in the highest mountain in Malaysia, it's so cold and all this. It's possible now, it's been proven, right? I did it, right? I'm the proven. So I say yes, it's what then I say I want to go to Arctic and do something. And people, you know, it's full of skeptics and say, no, you can't do this. Arctic is very different, it's much colder, which I agree. But I say, wow, that gave me a drive and I want to prove that. So it, it pushed me to actually, uh, to make that happen. So, <laughs> wow. well. Phenomenal, it's, it's so phenomenal. Um, I want to, you, you mentioned earlier about breathing. And yep. I know how important that is uh, to, to, to this method. Um, and you say it's the foundation of life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, say it guides us to connect deeply uh, to our inner self. Yeah. Tell us about that. Tell us why, you know, especially for people that don't know anything about the power of breathing. Okay. Tell us that, why it's so important. Breathing is very powerful. Uh, you can look at this rhythm, its tempo, and its depth as well and how deep you can breathe and how shallow you breathe. And it all matters and because it's directly uh, connected to your physiological state and even your psychological state. If your breathing is very shallow, which most people do now, especially in the modern world, right? We, people sit a lot and do, do, do uh, practice deep breathing and they actually uh, lose the connections with, with the body. Like for example, if people go into meditation, they're always encouraged to do deep breathing internationally do that so the reason when you do deep breathing is when you're actually focusing on your body senses people call that uh, could be a very mindful practice and when you do that you start to dwell into your senses which you do not normally do what we do is that we are focusing a lot of attraction external things around us moving fast flashes of images or videos on, on the YouTube or internet whatever it is it's so fast exchange in information that our mind has no time to focus back into ourselves where that's in fact all the ability a strength actually coming from the internal part of our body we are busy absorbing things could be nonsense and then they are just flooding that's why people get really stressed because there's so much information that you are you know put into your mind so when you go deep into your body and then it's when you have a choice of what to focus on that's when time you're quiet okay what comes out this thought that time you're able to start to take charge that's how it begins the inner self wonderful are would you be able to walk us through like right now if Yep. If you were teaching me, what yep. would be the things that, that I would need to learn to do? Can we, can we go through an exercise? 
Well, well, uh, we can share that power reading with you from the, the Wimpop Mavics. Uh, basically, how it's done is we, we, we go through 30 really deep breathing. You want to fully inhale and fully exhale. You want to have really, really strong breathing, right? Normally, you will go very shallow. Uh, you can try and breathe with your nose first. If possible, try to breathe with your nose because that's when you get really calm, right? But if you feel that, oh, I'm having difficulty to do deep breath with my nose, then you can use a mouth too. Like we are saying, any hole will do, <laughs> as long as you get the area. But I suppose the nose, all the way, we go 30 times. So you go with my flow, we go in a nice rhythm, and then you will start to feel things coming up, which is really fun. Shall we do it? Let's start, yeah? Please. Okay, we go 30 times, right? Let's begin. All the way in, and fully exhale. Fully in. Go faster as we go. Fully in and fully out. Deeply in. Keep on going. Fully in and fully out. And you start to feel the senses coming up, your blood flow. You feel dizzy, you feel the tingling sensations. They all come up, which is fine. Let's go a bit faster. Let's halfway. And if you can close your eyes, you can close your eyes. This you can feel your body. Deeper. Fully out. You in, fully out. Three more to go. Two more. And now you fully in and hold your breath and fully out. And no air and maintain, no air. Just hold it. Go as long as you can. And feel what's going on in your body. Feel the blood flow. Could you could probably feel the adrenaline coming up? Get feel all kind of chemical reactions that come that directly produce from your brain, from your hormones. And just try to hold as long as you can. The longer that you're able to hold, and you start to get to the the the, the point where your body is lack of oxygen now you're full of oxygen 100% saturation in oxygen as time goes by it depletes depletes relax yourself there as long as you can and watch out how long you can hold than usual when you have your breath in on. get to a point where you're in entering into the the fight or flight mode whether you are exhausted of oxygen that's when you get into that mode the survival mode that's when all the potential is unleashed when you get to a point that you have to take a breath and you just take a full deep breath in you can hold as long as you can 
right? Because everyone varies in the ability. Fully in, once you're ready to break in deep breath, you just fully in and charge it to the maximal level you can. Full in, 100% layer. And you start to feel the contrast, which is huge. Holding long, man. <laughs> nice, strong. As much as you can and hold it. If you can, try to retract your muscles and pull in your abdomen, suck it in. And focus on your head to charge it. Five, four, three, two, one, and release. That's when people feel the energy rush, they could feel like, wow, a lot of things going on. Some people see colors, it varies. It, I see as a therapist, yes, varies. That was incredible, that was incredible. Yeah, how long, wow. how do you feel? How do you feel? Great, Great. I, I've done a couple of breathing exercises, but never that deep, so. Okay. Um, wow, that gave me a ton of energy. How do you feel? Do you feel a dizziness? Do you feel some <laughs> anything? Do you feel in your head? I felt lightheaded as I was doing it. Yeah. Uh, I saw, you know, I started to see stars, maybe. lights, and you know, a little yeah. bit of color. And, and but once I closed my eyes and mm -hmm. was listening to you and, and held my breath, I, I I actually felt like I, I could hold it even longer. Yeah. But in the essence of, of the interview, I wanted to to, to release yeah. it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. Yeah. The experience is absolutely stunning. If you go to your own personal limit, that's when your, your oxygen is like, like fully depleted in the body. That's when you get to a final flight mode that you need to breathe, but you're not breathing. You're holding up. That's when your body is really fighting inside. That's the time where you actually breathe all the way in and you, you, you just flush yourself with lots of oxygen. They will feel that kind of contrast. It really lightens your head up a lot in a big way. And I feel very, very relaxed right now. Much more yeah. relaxed than we began. Yeah. Nice, nice. It's like a war. See, you go into battle and then now you relax. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> so how often, how often do you recommend people do this and how often do you do this? I would do it on a daily basis. They were the best because I, I see uh, it as, as a practice. It's like you, you do a dance practice, martial practice. It is a practice. In the beginning, because it's so new to you, definitely all triggers comes out. But if you want to slowly climb to be better and better in, in, in getting the full benefits, you have to put it into a daily practice. Yes, like what you did is one round. And usually what we do, we go three rounds. Right? And, and very important, I didn't put it out here since there are many people that could be watching. Uh, you need to do it in a very safe environment because you could potentially go blackout because it's very intense. It's a very powerful breathing method. You can go like blank. So in case you're on the couch, you're somewhere on the yoga mat on the floor and you're bad, then you're fine. That could happen. But uh, it's a very deep experience. It's something yeah. that's mind-blowing. Wow, wow. So is a chair like this okay? Perfectly. You just, just rest yeah. down. It's fine. It's good. It's good. It's good. Right. <laughs> wow. Powerful. Powerful. Yep. So, Alan, if you can, please uh, talk about your your yourself. You know your history, and um, especially you talked about movement and your movement master, as you call it. Yes. Talk yep. about that. Well, um, 
Basically, Movement Masters started uh, as I was in the uh, health industry for, I think it was about for four years. I was doing a lot of practices and one of my inspirations, inspirational figure is uh, Bruce Lee. So it, it talks about, and he, he's a person that does not just do in one martial arts. In fact, he go into all kinds of practices and then he fused everything together and uh, founded uh, Jeet Kune Do. So that really like, wow, okay. So, the legend did that, there must be a reason for it because there's, it essentially it's true because there's accents in each one of the practice. If you just go into one, you're losing out big time. That's when it opens up my scopes of awareness that actually to look into different practices. So and my background, I used to be a uh, martial artist. I used to do Taekwondo, was a black belt uh, in martial arts uh, in my younger days. And I move on, I actually do, started doing dancing, break dancing, hip hop, and build contemporary and also movement-based. Then I saw a video which inspired me to do the 90-degree push-up. It was actually a world record by uh, Tika Bruman. He's a French guy. I think that was about 10 or years ago, his records. So I saw he was doing it on a palm. So he, he did that record. I was like, wow, I can do that too, right? Because I've been trained crazy in my thing. So, so I tried to do it, but I couldn't do it. it just, I just fell on, my, on the floor. So, well, that, that gave me a challenge. So I actually went on to three years and I managed to do it uh, for the records. And meanwhile, in the process, there are so many practices that came up. There's like animal flow, there's a functional training, there's BOSU. If, if someone that's in fitness industry, they're listening to they can relate. There's TRX, there's cross-core, there's yoga, Pilates, all sorts of things. So I, I, I dwell myself in each one of the practice and I capture the accents, like why they do this, what it is for the purpose of each practices. So, and I climb really high in terms of the extreme, extremity, like I go all the way to fist, you know, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And I even did lots of handstand on very high ground, which was very dangerous to do. Totally did not recommend that. So I was really that crazy at the time. <laughs> so I even handstand on the car and the car was moving. And <laughs> so those kind of things. <laughs> yeah. So I say that uh, it was fun. It was all good. It was good experience for me to learn about movement. Because seeing movement from a very different point of view, like for example, you, you're, you've been, I've been doing Taekwondo for like, in time point, it could be a seven years or eight years, and now it could be 10 or eight years, and dance for like three years, four years, now it could be six years. Then as I go into new practices, like cross core, whatever it is, it always give, give me new insight. Wow, well, there's more to movement. I thought that our body is like this, you know, it's, it's just, that's it, you know, that's it. You've been there so long, you thought that's it. But as you go into new things, wow, okay, I'm, I just, you know, open up my horizon and, and my thought process is about what movement is all about. It's like, wow, it's crazy. It's like, oh, so it got quite addictive at the point that I started chasing one by one, one by one, to a point that I actually uh, founded uh, Movement Master uh, because in the end, there was a lot of adrenaline rush, uh, fun, short-term experiences. But what essentially I believe that truly beneficial for humankind, for us human beings, is whether we have a, we have sustainability in what we do. If there's no sustainability in what we do, like for example, I, I got a huge lesson from that because I did all these crazy things. And in fact, I hurt myself. So that was a really good, I thought I was so well, you know, in, 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 in movement practices, but I could hurt myself. If I could hurt myself, I mean, potentially I could see many people could hurt themselves. So I was like, wow, that's not sustainable. I'm, uh, then I went on to actually uh, talk to a lot of people 
and the much uh, elder people in 50s, 60s, 70s, then I talk to them like, how's your body feeling? Do you have any pains? Most of them would say, yes, I have problems in my body. I feel pain here and pain there. I say, how do you get all this pain? What, how, how? Like, I say, oh, well, it's all past injuries. I used to do these things, stupid things, all my place, but I hurt myself here and there. So there is basically an accumulation of injuries and pain. So I accumulated two, one in my shoulder, one is my back, right? It's like, wow, they give me a crush in my ego directly. They say, wow, you, you, when people look at you going 90, you can push ups, you look like a Superman for people. It's like, wow, this guy's impressive. But you know that at even such an age, young age, uh, at night and in the morning, I could feel the pain throbbing. It was not comfortable at all. So that trigger me is like, wow, no, 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 I can't put an end to this short-term thing. I got to look long-term and, and gain the experiences from these people which they accumulated the injuries. I say, I'm not going to accumulate any more injuries. Not anymore. I need to stop and I need to deal with the problems I have. I have to fix them, in fact. So that's why I went into the postural training, uh, the posture, which is static motions, how we can fully engage our body better and, and just to stand, stand or sit in a really good position and basically a physical practice that is very well applicable to our daily life rather than something you have to spend one, two, three hours to practice, which is good if you can, but if you can't, at least it's something you can do everywhere in your life. You sit now, I can just, I can practice my core exercise when I'm sitting just with my body control. And when I stand, I can do it. When I walk, I can do it. So we, when we talk about holistic, that is true holistic. When you have the full integration into your life, you do not have to purposely find time to do it. That is the full integration. It's always happening. It's, it's, it's always happening. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's the beautiful part. Yes. That, that's the birth of movement master. Yes. Yes. That's powerful. I love it. And, um, you know, what, what do you say to those people that are, that are older that you talk to that have the injuries? Would you say to someone like me who's uh, you know approaching 50 yes what are, what are things that people can do that are typically too busy yep. um, now i get it let's make this part of our day our posture when we're walking but yes. what other types of movement do you encourage people to do uh, on a daily basis when they're too busy okay um, first of all, I would say that uh, if, you're, if you know, firstly, when we do the posture, we'll learn a specific breathing method too. I think that is a method that you can try too. Right? How we can do is it's not like the Wim Hof breathing because this is a more posture basis. So what you do is that you just sit in a way that you, you're not leaning to your chair. Of course, this is very important. You cannot lean to your chair in the back. If you lean, then you start to relax. The body relaxes. The muscle relaxes. So then when you work, so make sure you're sitting uh, to the front side. Of the chair, and then when you breathe, uh, if possible, put your hands close to your hip area. That's when your back is much more retracted. When your hands is far away, your body tends to go forward. If you pull it in closer to your body, your hands closer to your body, and uh, that's when your back is much more engaged. Yep, yep, something like this. Yes, yes, good. As long as your elbow is a little bit in, you're fine. Yes, it's fine. Or you can put this in a little bit, right? So next, what you do is that when you breathe in, lots of people breathe in, like in the yogi graphics, they breathe into their stomach. But when we breathe, we don't breathe into the stomach. Our focus is breathing into our chest. That's our visualizations. So when you breathe in, you see your chest raising up. So for example, if I can give you a side view, so when we breathe in, this one should, should come up, right? And then you exhale, and then you should go down. But what we're gonna to try to achieve here is that when your chest is up, 
they stay up, they don't come down. So when you're up and you exhale, the chest stay. Alright, you're doing it? Good. So yeah. so and, and then after that, once you, you, you maintain that, as you go deep breath, and second cues come in, you have to keep your uh your abdomen retracted closely, you know, in crushing into your spine, so you breathe in. And you exhale, you crush into your abdomen. So your 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 abdominal get really tiny here. See, it's really tiny here. This is what will happen. So all the way in and fully out. And try to retract harder each time as you breathe out. Really slowly breathe out. And then this, your, your, your tummy, your stomach should slowly get in, in, in. Right? Let's go 10 times. You'll feel the, the intensity. Let's go. You go slow in and slow out. Really keeping abdomen in while keeping chest high. Breathe in. Really press your abdomen in as hard as you can, right? And breathe in one more time. When you breathe in, not just needle, all this area is included, all in. Really retract everything in the abdomen, right? You feel them getting really tired. Keeping your chest higher and higher each time. Now you breathe in again, even higher. Each time your chest should get higher and broader. And the abdomen should get smaller each time. That's what you want to achieve. Let's go. Five more times. Four more. Harder and harder in the abdomen, stronger. Strong contractions and really up high. And exhale and press the abdomen even harder. Two more times. Let's just do two more times. Raise all the way in. Raise the diaphragm really fully bring it up. And breathe out, close in your abdomen more and keep your chest higher and higher. Let's go last one. And exhale. Harder in and relax. My tummy is definitely feeling so much soreness right now. If you do it in very proper, you feel the tummy is burning. Alright? Yeah. So this is something you can do even when you're standing. Yes, it's much more easy when you're standing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow! Thank you for for, for that. That's uh, you know very very insightful because we don't you know typically if we're not into this yes breathing we're not we're not thinking about it but now this gives us something to really think about as a daily practice which yes 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 so breathing is crazy you can work on your physical and can work on your mind. So, so I would say that this is very good because there's the foundations. The first thing, if a person cannot breathe well, they cannot engage. A lot of people, when they try to engage their abdomen, especially not in elder people, even young people, we try to get them to retract. They say after doing the, the breathing, I don't feel it in my tummy, right? If you don't feel it in your stomach, it means they are not working properly. Not, okay. at least not in the optimal way. But if you can do that, it means they are still firing well. Very, very important that your muscles can fire. Very, very important. Right, right. Yeah. Now you talk about the physical art of longevity. Is this yeah. part of it? Is, this, is, that, is that what you mean or is, it, or is there more yeah. to that? There's a lot more to it, but this is the beginning. Yeah, this is the beginning, right? The, we see that when we, we talk about longevity, like there are two things we have to protect. Very important, we must protect them from our physical point of view. First is our spine. And second, our joints. 
We must protect these two because they don't have take two, take three, or take four. If you crush them, if you get them in trouble, like they get so thin and they got lots of frictions and things like that, you got a pinch in your nerve, whatever, it's because of your spinal distortion or your knees getting rocked because you do it the wrong movement. When two of them are gone, if you want to repair them or fix them, people take glucosamine, they take the, the, all these uh, vitamins or something. They will just they will help of course from a medical point of view there's one doctor will recommend you but they will help you to a limited point of view that you feel like I'm taking but I don't really feel that I'm growing my joint because it's true you can't the 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 to replenish your joint is is so hard it's so slow right so what we can use uh, in compensation is firing and usage of our muscles we because basically the the muscles can absorb the stress and absorb the weight and absorb the pressure. If you, when you, the moment when you walk, when you jump, when you run, or you do any kind of sports, like could be tennis, golf, anything, if, if the, the impact is taken by your muscle, and what will happen to your muscles? Your muscles get tired, of course, because they're taking all the work. They get so tired and then you feel the soreness, and then you will be fine after a few days. This is normal, right? It could happen, the process can go on for, I don't know, like, thousands or maybe you've seen a person five years old with fetal soreness and up to 80 or 70, the muscles can always feel sore if you exercise. They can always repair and repair and repair again and again. There's no problem. This is the basis of it. But the thing is that our spine and joints cannot do that. So we have to learn the right technique to use our muscles to the best of ability to take on pressure so that we can ensure the sustainability of our joints, knee especially, and our spine. So that is the, the philosophy of what we have in the physical practice. I see. Awesome. Awesome. Um, now, can you talk more about the mental health of longevity? So we talked about the physical, uh, yep. you know, the, the, the muscles, the joints, the spine. Yes. What about the mental part? Okay, so moving past the physical, uh, the, the reason we have to highlight the physical part is because uh, physical aspect is very important. Because I've seen a lot of people, they, when, when the body is full of pain, it's so difficult for them to focus and, and concentrate on, uh, on getting their, their, their mind training. Because the moment they have to quiet themselves down and try to focus and stuff like this, they will be carried away by the pains or injuries that have occurred. So hence, I, I emphasize lots on physical aspect to the, to the people uh, is because of that very reason. Yep, yep. And then, and, and then when your body is taken care of well, because there's a shell of body, moving on then we will go to the mental aspect, which is huge too, uh, because when we can regulate our, our I would say mind is a, it's a mental management. When the mental management is good, and then there wouldn't be much of a stress. It's all about fine-tuning your, your lifestyle and, and your mental processes. That's a huge, huge topic yourself, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. So, and uh, I think there's still something that's worth mentioning about is that uh, when we talk about mind, it gets really abstract, right? So in general, what's the idea of uh, mind power is that with when you need to grow your consciousness, right? Because we simply cannot manage something we do not know exists, but it's happening, right? So the idea of mental management or mental growth comes in a lot of experiences, exposure, 
and it could be meditation or it can be even doing things out of your norm like for example climbing snow mountain is something that really you know opens up a lot of people's mind and then they're able to see a lot of parts that's in them their emotions their, their, the problems in there they, they didn't know it existed but because they go into a very uh, fearsome environment they all start to pop up and people can feel a lot of things even with the breathing method that you do yeah yeah wow what shapes us as a human being what's what what shapes us um you know just what makes us be truly human this is something i've been going around back and forth a lot and trying to discover right uh i'm i'm a person who like to explore a lot and, and when i mean explore i do not limit myself in one thing like i, I go crazy in physical parts and i go crazy in activities as well and I, I typically like, like to do the things that people do not like to do. And hence, it leads me to a lot of Arctic experiences and, and even like meeting Wim Hof, which is totally out of the norm in Malaysia, right? When, when, when that's, because I can get information of the existing culture very easily if it's already there. But simply to go beyond that is very important for you to see outside the box. And with all this back and forth running here and there, my perceptions about what truly shapes us as a human being gets a, gets really um, specific as I go along. Firstly, I thought that uh, the world is about efficiency, right? I mean, we are, we're in a fast, really fast-paced society, and it's all about efficiency, and you want to numb your emotions. Don't feel so much your emotions. Just numb it up like the workaholics and all. You just work, 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 get your efficiency high, get your financial profit, whatever, just numbers, numbers, numbers. You get to be very like a machine, like a robot. You just operate. Boom. Emotions, just emotions. They stop you. They make you less efficient. So I threw them all away. But that kind of operations got you really stressed up in the long term. Because you, you find that you're living like a robot for years. Right. And it, it feels like, there's no life. Essentially, there's no life, right? In the end, you get the numbers good, so what? You lose the meaning of life. That's why it triggers me to, to learn more about love and gratitude, which is huge, huge, right? So uh, it triggers me, and it was so stressed and performing like a robot. It triggered me then. I learned, I have the, uh, the, the fortunate to, I was fortunate to expose to these kind of practices, like could be uh, like what we call spiritual practices, where we preach a lot about love, like, wow, okay, that's interesting. Could be like Buddhism and all of this. So I read a lot about them and the way they, they preach it. So as I read a lot, and I tried to practice it too. <laughs> so we talk about that as like no discrimination and things like that, you know, takes everyone as, as equal and I practice that too. So, and then I go extreme in that. And then it turns out to be <laughs> pretty not what I expected to because um, I have to highlight something that a little bit negative about the world. Uh, if you function in a way that you're too compassionate, it wouldn't work too because you become innocent, very innocent. And then you, you just give, 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 and, and to a point that you do, know, do not know what is the limit. And, and you feel like you're giving a lot. And, and I think on a very psychological level, it, it, it's very uh, draining as well. Be yeah. Because 
it's huge. There's no limit in, in the way you give. Like for example, when I went into the ice cold water, I do all these crazy things. I want to push a limit, and and the limits is like getting achievement or whatever it is. I for me, it's, it's not that. In, I mean, it's not that a big thing. Of course, it's nice you have achievement. It gives you sense of like, wow, it feels good, fulfilling. But it's not the end point. The end point is that I want to bring out the, this art of longevity, the, the mind that we can have more in terms of our health and longevity. This is the very idea. But as I was risking my life, and then you, you, you give so much of your life, but they see that the, the response was not so good. And then it becomes a problem because that becomes a problem in expectation. Right. Right. Yes, yes. So uh, I would say that that you need to have a limit towards it, and and I say as a whole, uh, whether it's physical or mental or spiritual, you need to have a very solid systems to go about. And preaching on one thing to a, to the extreme wouldn't bring balance, and that is not life. <laughs> yes. And you just said it. That's that's what the word I was going to ask you is balance. Would you would you call this balance, life balance? Life balance, uh, I would say everyone will strive for extreme because it feels really good or whatever reasons. In the end, when we want to come back to peace and harmony and relaxations, it must be peace. Yeah. At least peace in what you do. And it's very important that we flow, like we talk a lot about flow, being present and all of this. It is very important. And as we talk about this, that will slowly lead to spirituality. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yes. You talked about feeling like a robot, you know, and, and it's my belief, you know, I have been there myself and I'm trying to get better that most people, I would yeah. dare say in the world, live yeah. with it, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very robotic, it's very, you know, regimented, it's, you know, and, and we get in these patterns of really unhealthy living yes. and, you know, and, it, and, it, and, it, and when, we, when we have these conversations, we talk about breathing, we talk about movement, we yes. talk about, you know, putting ourselves in a vulnerable position, you know, going into the cold, yes. you know, I think these are all good things to help us awaken, you know, to, to think about yes. why we're really here. You know, what, yes. what are we supposed to do on this earth? What is our yes. mission? What is our goal? So um, in the end, is that, is that what you're after? Is that what, is it the greater good of mankind? Oh, well, definitely. It's all about, because I believe like uh, there's balance. Obviously, if there is positivity, there must be negativity because they cannot exist without the, the other. So um, the acknowledgements of the, their existence are very important. And, and when we, we talk about movement practice, going to cold water, why would you want to do all of this? Then we talk about, they are all about self-discovery, self-growth, and those things are imminent, right? We, we, we like, just like, it, it's nature, right? If you look at plants, they will grow, they will start to get taller, and it is our nature to grow. If we do not grow, it means that we are regressing for sure in our society nowadays. You have to keep upgrading yourself, self-improvement, self-improvement. And um, <clears throat> I, I feel that they are very important, but it's very important that you have to pair it up with the some part of like what I call it spiritual practice. That is very important. That, that's when the, the spiritual practice keep all of you in check, right? But, but spiritual and with our faith and our skills, right? When we talk about spirituality, there are two things. Some people say, I believe in God. And, and the other say, just believe in yourself. There is no God. Okay. 
Just master yourself. You are the master of your life, of your fate. The other one saying, no, 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 come on. You're, now, you're no master, right? You put your faith in God. They're going to set things right for you, right? So there are two extremes. <laughs> but, but what I see is that both exist. Both are real, right? If you just have faith and you just flow and you don't focus so much on self-discovery and self-improvement and your improvement will be not much. You will, you will grow, of course, you will be in faith and you're still progressing. You will grow slowly. But if you try to do both at the same time, that's when you are very, very powerful and very stable. You are progressing yourself like well in terms of your skills, your ability to survive, the ability that you can give to the world in terms of your knowledge, your wisdom. You keep pushing on them, you grow them like wow, immense. But then what's the faith is that when you keep it in check, Right? That, that makes you not so robotic in a way because that studies on the spiritual itself is, is what the, the check and balance thing to go with together is how I see it. They work hands on hand. So people that are listening to this and like what you're saying but don't know even where to start, what, what would you recommend? You, you mean to, to strive for the balance of all? I would say go, 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 go hard in self-improvement, but don't be hard on yourself, right? Self-improvement as you feel you can. Do not go overboard. It can get pretty exhausting. And watch out the pace of your life, right? Go with the flow. Don't push too hard. Make sure and then you practice your, your faith too. It can be to yourself or to God one way or another, right? You need to have faith. That's why people who lose faith or lose hope they will decide to kill themselves and lose hope to the world. Do not work yourself to that point, knowing that, um, that everything is there for you. They are all in ready. You have, to, you have to have a lot of faith in your life to go on. Then now may not be the time yet to get there, right? The plan is being laid really properly. That is out of your plan from your conscious mind. If you keep relying on your conscious mind and then you say that it's your grand plan, you, you are definitely missing out a big time. The grand plan, they could be the, the, the higher being or the universe has been set. You know, has set and laid out strongly for you. They are building very good foundation and stepping stones in your life. Right? So having the faith in God, what I say is that uh, having the faith in God is good. Why? Because you are literally putting the responsibility. Responsibility nowadays is one heck of a thing. It, it makes you feel, it smash you right now. I'm still so heavy. I have to take this up, this thing, that thing. It might not work. But if you put your faith in God or in someone, some entity, right? You are putting that to them. It is, they, they, they will set it right for me. Because anyway, you know that. As one year or two years pass, passes by, you'll be fine. But for now, at this right moment, you say, no, I can't deal with it. It's the end of the day. This is what people are having when they have anxiety problem and depression problem. By putting your faith on the high bay, you are giving that you're surrendering yourself. You are surrendering the responsibility. You're sharing the responsibility. Then when you share the responsibility, you feel so uh, light. And you go on your life, one month, two months, one year, and things are right. And thank God. <laughs> wow. That's how it works. <laughs> yes, yes. Beautiful. Uh, Alan, when you think about spirituality, yes. what does it mean to you? <clears throat> I think there are two ways of looking at it. Um, 
and there's a new age spirituality, and there's the old school. I think both of them carry different meanings. Uh, they, they, they preach on different things. For the new age, we always talk about, like, like in, even, even in, in terms of the, the, the magical training going to eyes, it's so much new age in a way, because you are dwelling into your inner self. You, you say that you have all the ability in yourself that is already there. What you have to do is just to unleash it. You're not building, you're not building potential. You're just unleashing your potential. Go into yourself, listen to your inner voice, your inner nature, all of this. That's how you build it up for a spiritual point of view in a new age way. But we talk about traditional way is, is that you will get the strength from the higher being. Like for example, if you pray, say you be blessed, pray for strength and pray for something. Right, and then when you pray, and then you're given. You have to ask, then you're given. Right, then when you ask, when your faith is, I, I believe, as I talk, I'm learning as well. Right, the faith thing could go both ways. One is God, and one is yourself. Right, faith is extremely important in human. If you do not have faith, we are not living. Faith is, is, a, is a self, like you believe that thing will happen, the manifestation. You, be, you believe you can get into the ice cold water and then you'll be fine. Some people in their conscious, they're very limited in their consciousness. They say, no way, I'll get frostbite, I'll die, I'll get hired. People have that. So they do not have the consciousness of possibility. So by opening your mind to more things, to, to whether it's spiritual studies or, or to ice cold water or to movement practices, you are expanding your horizon towards what is possible in your life. That is a huge thing. That, is, that gets really interesting as you flow along your life. And then you learn a lot of skills in the process, right? By having just faith, you see, one little faith gives you so much of it. When the faith is gone, the one person decides to kill themselves. The faith. So whether you're nurturing from a uh, like Buddhism point of view or a Christian point of view, a Christian point of view, of course, that you, you will, uh, you know, you believe fully in Jesus Christ or God, right? For a Buddhism point of view, you only have to believe in yourself because what they're preaching is that the world is empty, it's just you. That's lonely, <laughs> but that's, that's what they say. It's just you, emptiness. Everything comes from within. So everyone can be a Buddha, that's what they say, right? Buddha is a, it means like a person who is free. So you are Buddha. So there's no God. So one person is talking about, about yourself. Another is talking about putting your faith to, one is faith on yourself, another is faith God. So if you can practice both, yes, we can search for freedom in life, no problem in that. We can search for strength, we can build our skill, we can go into ice cold water and train us to be tougher. That's how military people train themselves. They have special forces. They go into the extreme uh, practices, ice cold water, you know, hours of walking and stuff. Then they get really tough in their mind. So they, they are not bothered by a lot of things, small little things. So they build up themselves. And then uh, you, when you, the, the faith with God is different. That one was all about you, you, you. That was more like a Buddhism kind of point of view. I think it would match more on that. But when you talk about with God, it's the completely different faith. You are putting it there because when you put it there, there's something that is beyond you. Yes, yes. So one is inside and one is external. When you mesh both together, and that will really get you in check very, very well. Very, very well. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on religion? Um, I believe 
it's beautiful. Of it is very beautiful. If, if we just read into the Bibles and all the scriptures, they give. Oh my God! Like just the lessons when you can relate. Things must relate. When the persons cannot relate, that's when it has to come with experiences. When you can relate with all these scriptures, they give a huge meaning in your life. Right? Religions is beautiful, teach beautiful things, but then if you look at the whole Bible, the, there's too much wisdom, too much, and. <laughs> And then people like you, you read one page like, wow, it's a lot. I need to practice. You one page can give you one mind of practice. No problem. It's because this book has been like, it's thousands of years of content and you decide to, to, to finish it within one year, five years or 10 years. That's just impossible, right? And, and I believe if we can take some, some of it and use it in our life, it becomes very beautiful. But in the end, what is religion trying to preach? I, I, I love religions, uh, if these preach in the right way, it is very beautiful. I believe if there is no religion, humankind will kind of go out of control. I would say so, definitely. Now, there used to be a lot of authority and uh, to control, to regulate people, but, but nowadays, what people are striving for, there's uh, the um, people want freedom, and all people have these uh, conspiracy theories, yeah, people are controlling us. We want a way out in every single thing that we do. Kids are getting more rebellious, right? <laughs> many, many so people want way out. When there's too much freedom, right? The world will go out of order. So freedom, is, there must be a definition towards the freedom, right? Freedom in what, <laughs> right? So, and then the order must be there. And then religion is exactly putting a very good uh, control over there. So whatever you do is going to come from love, and kindness, or in a very good will. So that is the very good kind. Of, and obviously that's just in general it is. And furthermore, they have much more things to keep you in check, which is complex. But if you can get through all of that, it makes you like, you know, you're basically the, the Bible is teaching you how to be a saint. <laughs> it's trying. If you can master it, it's definitely yes. Yes. And then we'll lead to the, the seven sins. I like the idea of the seven sins. I, I, are you well uh, aware sure. of that? The right? sins, sure. The, the sins, if, if we can uh, you know, not be mastered by the sins, but if we master the sins, right, it means we can control and not be controlled by it, we'll be so clean as a human being. Clean. Like when we talk about gluttony, a lot of sickness and diseases or whatever problem, in the obesity, diabetes, it's because people just keep putting all kinds of things into their mouth, sugar, all of this. Eating. It's just unnecessary. Yes, yes. So gluttony kill people. And then we have greed, which we would obviously is a huge in the world, people greed, want money, power. Greed kill people too. That's when people fight and they kill each other. And then there is what there's jealousy or someone is doing better. I want to pull him down. I want to fight. Then you get into what? Wrath. You start fighting each other. And then it, it just goes on, you know. So if we kept these seven in check, in from a very spiritual point of view, I think if you can control these seven, your life is beautiful. Very, very beautiful. It's not easy, you know, because the desire will come up. Okay, now it's time to take the money, right? You, you're in a, you jump here, you jump here. But then if you go here, it would go against your moral conduct. But you're going to get a million, two million cash. What are you going to do? It's like, okay. We don't have to talk about a million. For a lot of people who are so poor, you give them $10,000, it's like, oh, come on, I mean, 
right? It's exactly because people, all of us, are you like, I mean, a lot of people are using that to tempt people. The moment we're using money to tempt people in doing something wrong, we are responsible in making the world become more sinful. So obviously, people want easy way out. And then the people will resort to easy. Everyone is giving bribery, so I decide to give some to to make my path easier. So when everyone is practicing like that, that is the world get really dirty. So I would say you can't change the world, but at least you can change yourself, and then you start to. Then that is what religion is doing beautifully. Without them, I see a lot of kind people over there. A lot of them, they're so kind. They're trying to do their goodness. They don't want to go against the sins. They just don't. I believe if there's no and they have strong belief in in their own religion in the, in the spirituality, but if they don't, just just imagine the religion, the spiritual don't exist. You can just do anyone. You are free. You you can just get money. You just do anything you want. It's free. You are a free man, right? You can do anything you want. Just just get yourself a lot of money so your family is well fed, so you can get all the luxury you want. You can have a good time and just then the world just go in. Totally in, into a mess. Big thing. That's the word issue, and then our issue as well. Yeah. What's your hope for the world in the future? What do, do you think we're on a good trend, or uh, is there a tough battle? Right? Very, very tough battle. Very, very tough. Um, when when you see that, you can you can we can observe it directly from the world. If there are lots of people, a lot of Robin Hoods and stuff like that, you know, people are trying to fight for justice, it means there are lots of injustice. When you see no one is fighting for justice, it means the world is in harmony. So we just have to look around. Is there a lot of people fighting for something right now, in, in, for harmony right now? If there is, it's a tough battle. I would say it's a tough battle right now. Huge. So each one of us carry a form of energy, right? So first, of course, the most important thing is that we must master ourselves first. We must keep ourselves clean first. If not, how do we teach? That becomes really ironic. We're teaching something that we don't do, right? So we set an example ourselves, and then our energy will start to radiate as an example, right? So you share the goodness, the teachings, very spiritually, physically, or mentally, which that's what I'm doing, right? As much as you can, offer as much as you can while keeping yourself in check, no ordering yourself. Just keep giving. So then you are in the forces of the, of the positive army. You belong to this group. And this group will do what they do in the negative part. They will do what they do. We are here. So it's a matter of you here or you are here. So take the side. Red pill, red pill, red pill, or the blue pill. That's exactly where in the matrix, the matrix system. Yes, yes, yes. So what is life like in Malaysia? What is it like to live there? What is the society all about? Oh, it, it depends on which kind of perspective are you looking at. Like, I, I mean, like, I think it's a big thing to, is there any angle that you would like to know further about? No, just for people that, that don't know anything about Malaysia. You know, if you could, if you could tell us about this, the, the culture. Okay. okay. I think Malaysia is a very beautiful country. It is absolutely beautiful. Although there's no winter, which is bad for us. The, the, the ice swimmer or the ice person. Um, but I, this country absolutely beautiful. It has almost everything that it needs. It has lots of natural resources. It has a country with multiple races. Like you have Indians, we have the Malays, and we have Chinese, and then we have the Aborigines. It's just beautiful. It's a good land. Um, 
all I see is because of people greed, you know, that actually messes up with the with, with, with what we have here. And and if we talk about nature, we have nature, we have uh, clean water, we have beautiful mountains, we have lots of food. If you love food, of course, keep them in control. But if you love food, you should come to Malaysia. They're full of food because with three main races, right? Each one of us has really good food. So when I was in uh, winter uh, two months in, in Euro and Scandinavian country, I kind of missed the food here, right? So uh, yeah, there's a lot of spicy foods here too and a variety of fruits, tropical fruits, which you cannot get in, in, in many European countries. So I, I see good hope and there's recently a big change in, in our government recently. So uh, I think changes is always good. That's why I say now the world is stepping in, into, a, into a phase of like transformations. Everything is just changing, right? There was not much of people doing eyes here right now. Now as we are pushing it right now, more and more people are starting to do to the highest water. And then the change in government, which has been over 61 years, Never been changed, the same party, 61 years, since the beginning of independence, basically. And then now it changed now. So obviously we're not comment so much on the political side, but what I can comment on the very uh, overview part is that energy is shifting. It's a strong, because what we see in the world is what would happen as a whole as well, and what it could affect us too. That is a direct change, completely changed, 360, 180 change. And then, um, then I start to see people, the way they behave, they all start to change. People are becoming much more disciplined and everything is a good change. We need that. We need that. Awesome. Alan, what's your diet like? Can you, can you take us through a typical day of what you would eat? Oh, well, diet, uh, interesting. I, I don't have very, very strict diets, but my practice is um, do not overeat. That's very important. I only eat a lot when I move a lot, right? And if I do not move a lot, I reduce to the minimal level because you, you basically, if you, if you give yourself a body a lot of food, it becomes very inefficient. Your body will have so much of things, you just can just, you can just take a little bit, it's fine. And the rest is what? And, and, unwanted calories into your body. You know, and, and if you give yourself very fine amount of quality food, and then your body has to be what? They have to use, they have to do whatever you can to extract as much as you can from that little portion of food. And then you're basically with a good diet, you're training your body to become much more efficient and becoming much more healthy as well. So I, I would believe in, in uh, like fasting, you know, if you do it sometimes, it, it's really, really beautiful. Yes, to so control the consumption, control the consumption. Yes, sure. And what types of foods are you eating, say, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Just as an example. Um, for me, it's very simple. I, I, I eat eggs. I, I could, Malaysia, right? So, so I sometimes would eat, our, our famous food in Malaysia is called nasi lemak. It is not healthy, but, but sometimes I take it. It's really delicious, right? And then uh, eat it with some eggs. Then I'll take some vegetables. And if the days I choose to go really healthy, then I don't take nasi lemak. I just take the vegetables and the eggs and a little bit of uh, mihun. You know, I just take a very small portion. And this basically my breakfast. So for my for my um, lunch, sometimes I will skip it because it's not necessary. In fact, lunch is not necessary. 
You eat it because you feel like you want to eat it because you always eat lunch, so you gotta eat lunch. It's definitely not necessary. But if I do eat it, I will have some. Uh, sometimes I will have some dry noodle uh, with some. Uh, yeah, if you heard of ketogenic diet, they eat a lot of fats. That's where I consume a lot of fats from the pork. Yes, so that would be my lunch if I ever take it, it normally. And then I'll have some fruits too. I like papaya. You know papaya? Sure. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Uh, papaya is very, very high in enzyme. It's very good for your digestive system. Superb. So I would, uh, because around my area where I stay, I have lots of stalls. So I just see if they have, I just pick a few and I just bring back and I just eat it when I have to in back in my center. And that is basically my lunch or tea time. You know? And then moving on, it be my dinner. Dinner, I, um, no, I will eat a little bit of rice and I'll eat some chickens and some vegetables. It's very simple. My day is very simple. Very, very simple. Just keep the portion small if you're not moving a lot. That, I think that is a very, very main key point. Yes. What about sugar? Do you stay away from sugar? As much as I can, totally. Totally. Like coffee, no sugar for sure. That's for sure. Right? Uh, like sweets, I don't like to take sweets too. Unless it's the very special occasions, like in Malaysia, it's very normal. You always have occasions where you can eat some cakes and stuff. So when people will eat a lot, I will just eat very small pieces. Uh, so you know, or, or sometimes I just don't eat it at all if I can. I avoid it definitely. I avoid it. Yes. A lot of people say we have to treat our bodies like a temple, and oh, it sounds yes. like describing that's that's what you practice. Yes, yes, yes. Um, as I as I talk about is that when people talk about the the body, which is the shell, and then we have the mind, and then we have the soul, right? And body exactly that's where people feel the pain. So you must take care of your body. If your joint are all worn out, your your spine is totally crooked, right? Your nerve is impinged, which it affects your neurological uh, flow, and the signals are all blocked out and all very inefficient. Your blood flow is bad. And then you say, I want to meditate and reach enlightenment or whatever it is. How difficult it would be. You just keep thinking about your pain. You are busy looking for therapies. You are busy looking for doctors to save you from your agony. And you are busy in that. You have no time for spirituality. You want to get there and then you'll be pulled back to looking for doctors again. So the body is something, if your body do not have much pain or very minimal pain right now, it's time to start to take action to take care of your body. Master your muscles, contract your muscles usage, contractions, and, and master your movement. The way you move, how we move to be the safest in a way is kind of programmed, right? Because we all share the same bone structure, right? It's not that I have three hands or you, you, your joints a bit much higher in your hip area now. It's, it's also the same. So how, there are certain ways that you can move that we actually practice for you to reduce the pressure to your joints and to your spine. So if you can do that, you preserve it. Hopefully until you're hundreds, if you live to that age, right? Because we even teach people at 90 years old as well to practice it. And then they get pain relief and then they feel better and they walk better. So that's the first key, the body. And then moving on is the mind. You have to be tough. Nowadays, the world is so stressful. It's, people will just come and attack you, right? People will start to give you some emotions. People will, will just walk to you, talk to you a little bit and then they'll like you. And then you show some anger and very easily you get the anger. And where in, in reciprocations, uh, psychological problems, we, we want to like, oh, you find me, I find you, right? This is the, 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 the mechanism that we have. Either we fight or we fly away or we get the fear, 
right? You fight, you get the anger, right? You get away, maybe you get the fear sometimes. So, so it's very important that you build the mental toughness of fortitude to, to, to be able to differentiate what to take and what not to take, or in a way to digest it well. Oh, it's okay, I can regulate it. Because in our life, we will be exposed to lots of emotions from people, right? If you see there's a big protest going on there, if you just look from, from if it's in your country especially, if you look at the video, you will feel that, that, that emotion rising up in you as well. So I think uh, if it's something that's empowering, my, my, all, my all means just take it, use it, right? If it's something that's not good, something that's very terrifying for you, do not take that. It can become very traumatic. Even a video or picture can become superbly traumatic. So how well can you process each one of them? Now, it's about your mental management. So, and going to ice water is a really good way to train because it is an atmosphere for most people to go into the extreme cold water. So when you go in there, you're actually training yourself to be very comfortable in the very, comfortable in the very uncomfortable place. So when you can deal with that, you're training that you can reach peace despite all these masses going around. So that is the mental management. That's, that's you have to build, right? You have to build that. This is coming from you. That is truly inner, right? And then you're moving on, which is the spiritual aspect. That's when you build faith, right? That's when you have everything to keep your check. Keep your ego in check, I would say. If you are a master of your own, you believe in no God, it's just you yourself and you are the king of you, you, you it's just you, right? So that won't get your ego in check by putting your, your, your faith into a greater being that you are before it, you are, you are training how to be humble. You're training humility, which is huge. Nowadays, you know, humility is a great word, so it's expensive, right? So it, it keeps you in check and, and then you, you learn all the whatever teachings that they have and, and then you, you put your faith to God or higher being or to and then it basically reduce your responsibility, your burden and keep your faith strong and it helps you to project yourself further. So why by keeping three of them in check and then you become very, very strong as a human being to drive forward. Wow. And you talked about the physical, the mental, the spiritual, and that's what you yes. refer to as the trinity of life, correct? Yes, that's right, that's right. We have to master these three. When three of them in check, you, you, you enjoy life. Well, you can enjoy life. Welcome to the, to the, to the beautiful world, right? Or else the, the moment you drop into a kind of attachment negativity, I know I've been there, so it's really difficult to climb out. It's really, really difficult. So the best thing is to drop into it. Train yourself, train yourself. Everything is a practice, it's a practice, yeah. So we started out this conversation talking about the cold, the ice, the waters, the mountains. <laughs> yes. um, what do you say to someone like me? You know, where would you start? Where, where would I start if I wanted to experience this? I mean, do you take a cold shower? Do you go into a cold lake? I mean, what, what's the best way to, to, to start with this method? You mean the the, the, the Wim Hof method, or, or, the, or everything, or just like okay? I, if I would I would advise someone, um, going into any one of them is always great, right? And uh, I would say to if you are a person who is like to challenge yourself, go with the one that you just won't do the most. If you say, my nah, God, I just don't believe in God, go into it. Try to surrender yourself. See how it works for you. 
fully commit. You must commit. To get results, you must commit. In every single practice, if you do not commit, there is no result. If we talk about profit, well, I know it's God, but I don't feel the connection. Of course, you're not committing, right? It's say like dancing or, or martial or whatever. Okay, you don't commit, you go in. I like martial arts, I go in because I want to go in. All right, I'm there. I, I do feel I'm learning, I can't fight. What do you practice, sir? Do you put 100%? Do you fully believe in the art that you're practicing? Uh, not really, I'm going in because people tell me to. I'm not getting out of it. Well, of course. Right. For right. sure, everything is a practice. So if you have a challenge to person who likes a challenge, then go into something that you don't want to do the most and go there because you will excel, because you're the challenging type, right? So, but if you're a person that I don't like challenges, I like to be confident, go easy on yourself, right? If not, then you're not gonna do anything at all. So go with somewhere that you find that's more comfortable for you, that's closest to you. If you are exercising right now, probably the thing that you want to develop is the physical part. Right? If you're finding that the, the, the mental aspect, you're doing already meditation and stuff like this, then probably you can go into ice cold water, you know, a little bit, you know, uh, if, you, if your water is cold, you can do some cold shower or in the ice lake, just dipping yourself a little bit there and just try try it out, you know, the breathing method and so on. The breathing method that, that, uh, that we first share about Wim Hof method, the breathing method, is a good start for your mental development. It's a good start for that part. That's what you can do yeah, before the ice. And is there a fine line on the physical part as far as uh, where you could actually hurt yourself? So going into a cold lake or taking a cold shower, is there danger in that? I mean, what, what's the time frame you should kind of think about? You know, if I'm okay. going to take a cold shower, how long should I stay in that cold shower? Okay, one thing I would definitely want to emphasize, do not get the cold water to your head directly. Avoid it getting to your head in the beginning, or maybe, maybe just don't do it at all. Right? They're, they're, from, from what we have found is that there's not so much benefits, health benefits that you can get by dunking your head in. So um, yeah, the body around here is fine. Just, just go slowly, easy, right? Then you talk about how long. Uh, I would say if you are in there for one to two minutes, one minute would be a good start, or two minutes the maximum, you'll be safe. You're not getting hypothermia by being in the ice water for one or two minutes. You can't. Probably you come up, you feel cold, you're shivering. And that's not a natural thing to happen, but that is not life-threatening hypothermia. Don't worry, it's a normal process. You'll be fine. Just do some you know, horse stance a little bit and you can warm yourself up. Let's just move yourself and if you take a cold shower, for, for example, if you go in for one or two minutes into the cold shower, is it okay at that point when you're done to, to put on the warm water and then to take a warm shower? Or is it better to just to take the cold shower and stop? Like we always say that it's always good that you, uh, the, the last shower should be cold. Because if you take cold and then you're putting the, the warm water, and then the warm water is helping you to warm up, you are not training yourself to do the, we call it thermogenesis. You're not training your body to generate the thing, we call it inner fire. You're not training your body to generate heat. So you lose the main purpose of the training. So ice, the cold water should be the last. You can do warm in the beginning, or maybe then cold water, and then warm water, but then eventually you want to end it with cold water. That's very important. Yes. And then just normal, then you, then you would dry off, get dressed and go, yeah. go throughout. Yeah. I mean, be, before you dry off or you can just dry yourself off a little bit and it's important that you do not just like, oh, I'm done, I'm out of the, the bathroom, I'm done. Don't do that. 
until yourself you feel that it, it probably you come out you feel you're shivering right just notice maybe you maybe you won't come out the shiver won't happen in, in in 30 minutes 30 seconds or one minute just hold on for a while just quiet yourself it's a good time to meditate that time and just stay there probably one two minutes after the shivering starts to come uh, that's the time you want to practice so you practice how to warm yourself up don't do aggressive exercises that will get your heart to pump hard because that's the time your heart is pumping the blood to your to your very uh, you know arms the skins that are you know that, don't, don't do that so do something slow but it's able to help you to like for example horse stance is this the best like you, you come up and then you do a bit of horse stance and you just move a little bit or you just keep yourself down there if you do not know how to do the hands movement right just just until yourself is fully warm up you're not done yet. I always say you're not done until you're fully back to how you were before your bath. Then you're then you're done. That's the whole practice itself. Yes. I see. And is this something that you teach uh, to people? Like, is there a website or somewhere people could go to learn about you and how, how to do this? Well, you know, there is. Um, I have two pages on, on Facebook. One is called the. Um, the, the movement master, which is uh, with, I talk a lot more on, on the physical aspect, and the 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 eyes the Wim Hof method will be on the Asian Iceman page, or you can just find my Asian Iceman Alan Tom, then then you're able to to see me. I, I I like to post lots of stories and uh, values and for people to to, tr to go along with my method, how that I was actually able to do that, and whenever I get I always get a lot of insight. I'm still learning like crazily right now, so every time I do something new, I get a lot of new insight. Then I will write it out there to some form of you know, expression, and people probably can can learn from that as well. And some cool pictures, cool videos. I have more cool videos coming up, I think, because I like to put cool videos because that's how I was motivated to by the cool videos of Wim Hof or anyone like this world record. So I like to do cool videos myself to so that people can see the message. I will put some voiceover, and you know, I like just record it again, again, just make it really nice, really dense that people can grab the the thing that how I was like when I was there. Yeah, no, we'll put, we'll put links to those uh, pages on, 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 uh, on this interview. And also, um, I had a chance to watch your video. And it was very moving, very inspiring. So we'll put a link to that video there. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> Alan, this has been this has been wonderful. I cannot wait to meet you in person someday. I know we will meet at, at some yeah. point. But before I let you go, I do have one question. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, that is, what do you want your legacy to be? <sighs> it gets me really sad to also think of all this. I mean, God, <laughs> huge. I, I have um, I have big dreams. I have big vision uh, for myself and and for the people. Uh, I, I the what I'm preaching is what I call out of longevity. And it comprises of physical, mental, and spiritual mastery. And why we want all of this? Longevity, right? Because I want to see people, they are able to reach up to 80 or 90 years old. All of them are functioning optimally, probably hiking around the mountain, running around snow mountains, you know, stress, no, no stress-free, I would say stress-free, being very peace, very harmony with each other, love, just no grief, no nothing. It's just purity. I like the purity and everyone is feeling no pain as much as they can, you know. So I want a beautiful world. I like to see a beautiful world, right? So that that, that, that actually triggered me to, to do all these very crazy things that I say, it, I'm submitting my life 
to spreading this message. I say that if I die in the attempt of all of this, I'm not meant for it. So if I'm alive, I, I always set up the intention. You see, if, if I'm alive, I'll go on, as I always tell it. So, so that's how I've been always preaching. Because there was a few times I almost killed myself. So, so yeah. <laughs> so that's, the, that's my goal. The more beautiful world, longevity, staying healthy, happy, you know, and, uh, and strong until your death. That's the goal. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you're, you're doing wonderful things. I am so, you know, grateful to know you. Uh, and now you're part of the American Real family. So thank you for, for doing this. Uh, we are going to get this message out to the masses. And uh, like I said, I cannot wait to meet you in person. Uh, we will do that at some point and continue your good work. Uh, yep. Thank you for being here. Uh, I'm honored uh, to, to have been in your presence today. And thank you so much. It's been a pleasure too, man. Thanks for inviting me so that more people can, you know, get the positive message that we can do more and be happy. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Roger.